Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, April 16th, we look at Lesson 3, Cain and His Legacy. Together, let's explore what to do when sin lies at our door. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word. And together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, lesson three, Cain and his legacy. Uh, Genesis 4, verse 7, New King James Version. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. You should rule over it, right? Yeah. Uh, so, Michael, this is straightforward uh, Cain and Abel. And so I'm going to hand it straight off to you. Sunday's lesson, Cain and Abel. All right. So I'll start by just reading these two verses because they're just so paramount to yes. understanding the whole story for this this week. Uh, Genesis 4, 1 and 2. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. And then she bore again, and this time his brother Abel. And now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And so here we have uh, the first recorded uh, birth, uh, at least biblically speaking here. Um, how did all of this happen after after uh, sin? It's a little unclear because right. we know there hadn't been more than just Cain and Abel. <laughs> there, there were other children, but, but this yes, was a were. particular momentous occasion. And uh, obviously there is this uh, process of, of multiplication. And uh, from that, uh, we begin to see that there is uh, the promise through the firstborn son, right? That uh, and and she, I think, hoped that he might be the Messiah, right? I mean, a quick solution, quick fix, right? Uh, but it wasn't going to be that way. And in fact, it will be the two children, the two sons, that will become rivals of one another. And who mm-hmm. hasn't seen some sibling rivalry? Oof. Yeah, I think we all have. <laughs> but the challenge is, is this takes sibling rivalry to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and this is where we really will see um, how this plays out. But we have two brothers, um, and they are the, the, the focal point of this story and the focal point uh, because they represent something very significant that we're going to unpack here. And it all starts with uh, two different kinds of offerings. Yeah. Uh, so, Buster, tell us about these two offerings. Oh, most definitely, Michael. As, as I was uh, going through this, Genesis mm-hmm. 4, 1 through 5, you already read 1 and 2. So yep. I, I want to mm-hmm. go ahead and look at 3 through 5 mm-hmm. uh, real quick. Uh, New King James Version as well, Genesis. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit uh, of the ground to the Lord. And Abel also brought uh, of the firstborn uh, of the firstborn of his flock. Of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering, right? Mm-hmm, so he brought mm-hmm. yeah. a lamb and its fat. Uh, but, verse 5, and he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. I, mm. I, I, so you can see this, right? Yeah. The imagery yeah. here. Yeah. His countenance, he just furrowed his brow. Ouch. And he became angry. He was yeah. upset, not only with God, but he was also upset with his brother. Mm-hmm. What makes your gift better than mine? How dare you, right? Mercy. And so the problem is, and I'll just put this 
all most of our issues as human beings is the fact that we're looking so horizontally rather than looking vertically. Yeah. If he had taken up his anger, his frustration with God, God can handle it. And God would have spoken to him, mm. mm-hmm. could have rectified it. But the fact that he decided to take it out on what was across from him mm-hmm. rather than going vertically with which was, was up with him. Yeah. Um, and so we recognize here it says, why did God accept Abel's offering and reject Cain's? Mm-hmm. And how are we to understand what happened here? Well, we see here Hebrews 11, 4, mm-hmm. that once again, is talking about Abel's offering, but it, it adds a little twist on, on it, a um, mm-hmm. little bit more insight, I should say. Yeah. Hebrews eleven four by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, mm-hmm. through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and, though, and, and through it, he being dead still speaks. Mm. Right? So uh, we see here also Revelation, their deeds shall follow them, right? Yeah. So his deed of offering the sacrifice, it still speaks. How do we know? Well, we're still speaking about it, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, and uh, not only that, I, I love the principal contributor, uh, Dak Dukan, who brings up Ellen White's Patriarch and Prophets, that first line there, without the shedding of blood, there mm. could be no remission of sin. Yeah. It's not the lamb, it's what the lamb represented. Yeah. It was the plan of salvation in motion. And the blood of a grape could mm-hmm. not suffice as a sacrifice. It right? sound, sounds like it, you know, it's symbolic of two different ways of approaching salvation. Right. You know, trusting in Jesus and his merits versus trying to do it in our own strength. Yes. And 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 yeah. apparently uh Cain was very good at what he did, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. He was great at, at bearing fruit and, and mm. toiling with the ground and everything else and bringing yeah. forth his gift. Yeah. But it's still not acceptable. Wow. Just like our own merits, they're not. They're alone by themselves. They're not acceptable. Yeah. Well, and nobody likes to admit it, right? Nobody. Ooh. I've never met anybody who says I believe in righteousness by works, right? Uh, no, I've never met that person. Yeah. No. But let's, if we were honest, <laughs> um, there's a lot of legalism, righteousness by works, and our own strength that we like to do, even in our own head every day. Like, yeah. Well, I'm glad that wasn't me, or I'm glad I didn't do that, or you know, and we're constantly battling that of praising the Lord for our brothers and sisters and not comparing yeah. ourselves, right? Because the only one we can actually compare ourselves to yeah. is Christ, and we all fall, fall short of the glory. Yeah. Well, I went to our local uh, Christian bookstore. Yes. <laughs> and I saw a very interesting book. It was self-published, so I'm not trying to pick on anybody. But uh, <laughs> it was a manual on all of Ellen White's dietary advice, like oh. categorized. Oh. Like if you just follow this manual, uh-huh. you'll be have perfect health kind of thing. Okay. And I couldn't help but feel a strong knee-jerk reaction. Not that I don't believe in health. Health of reform course. is no. really, really important. It's very important. But it smacked to me of righteousness by works. It, that if if suddenly if you yeah if you do everything exactly perfectly the way Ellen White said then you will somehow be magically healthy. And I, I think it just misses out on so much nuance in her writings where she talks about everybody has different constitutions, good 19th century language, right. that that these kinds of things were, were unique. And some people can eat things that other people can't and mm-hmm. people need exercise and all these other kinds of things. So if, if you have some kind of dietary manual, I, I just think it kind of misses the whole point. And and I'm not saying it, even the authors of that book, that's why I'm not mentioning it specifically by by name, 
but but just the general impression. Yes. Right. The, the thought that comes to mind when, yeah. when you see it. Maybe yeah. maybe open up and it's completely different. Maybe it's completely balanced. Yeah. Right. But it's this, this kind of how-to manual. Someone yeah. went and compiled all this stuff as if as if we have to live those things perfectly without recognizing all all, all of that else. And 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 again, I, I've never met anyone that said I believe in righteousness by works. No. But in practice. Yes. If we're not careful and we don't think about it, same thing can happen with the Sabbath. Sabbath's well, beautiful. Listen, listen here, practice but, and in chastisement. Yeah. Right? Ooh. What they I'll always chastise And chastise others because, yeah. Yes. Because, and again, that's a, I think that's the same problem because your mm-hmm. focus is not on your making yourself right with God. You're trying to control other people. And I think that's where the legalism, righteousness by works come, comes from. It's a it's a power thing, right? You know, you know, Michael, I, I don't want to drag this out, but sometimes yeah. I miss these times mm. where- it wasn't Abel that told Cain, "Hey, you're wrong," right? Yeah. God, God let Cain know. Yeah. I, I would love if. God, What's up? <laughs> you know, no, honestly, and, yeah. and, and I know the, the word does it, mm-hmm. and we as the body of Christ, we're supposed to come to alongside each other, yeah. hold each other accountable. But sometimes I, I miss the fact that, uh, like, they were right there, and God was correcting. Even then, I know there's a lot of ways, and a lot of us we still wouldn't accept it. Yeah. Just like Cain, he didn't accept it. What do you do with it? Mm-hmm. Got angry and decided to. Kill his brother. So, Michael, I, I just jumped ahead. Yeah, I okay. The crime already. <laughs> oh, he did the crime. Yes. I mean, Cain. <laughs> yes. Well, okay. Uh, so, so here we go. Verses. Um, well, actually, seven and eight. We haven't really paid attention to yet. We have not. So and read that for us. I, I don't okay. think. I think I stopped at five. So read six, seven, and eight. Okay. Okay. So the Lord said to Cain, "Why are you angry?" And why has your countenance fallen? And if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. And then now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. So, yeah, right? So there's just no good way to put this, you know, um, how do you how do you explain murder? Is this a crime of passion or is it pre premeditated murder? Right, I guess. I guess yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. That's what our court systems would try to figure out. And and I guess at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because no. it's blood on your hands. It's sin, mm-hmm. and it's wickedness, and God knew it and held him accountable. Right, he did. Um, so he goes and um, and so yeah, so there's 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 this whole thing. Um, the lesson points out, Dukan, by the way, little shout out, those of you listening, uh, if you haven't, check out the special bonus episode right. with, yes. with, with our lessons, primary contributor, Jack Dukan, amazing, amazing, amazing. Uh, and uh, this idea here, desire is for you. And he points out that this is connected to this whole idea of of self-control, right? And James 1.14, each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Um, and so there's this idea that uh, uh, at least part of it was a crime of passion. Right. No, and, it really was. And, uh, and whatever it is that struggle that we're facing in our lives, we have to surrender it to God. God will make a way of escape. Um, the problem is, is when those kinds of things are nurtured or nursed and continue on. And and this is really what ends up happening is that uh, in his zealousness to prove that he was right and in his own self-righteousness, 
did something that was once again um, altered history. Mm. You know, Adam and Eve, they couldn't undo the sin. They couldn't go back into the garden. And once again now, uh, you know, once once uh, Cain kills his brother, there's no going back. No. It's, it's utterly and completely tragic. And so, which brings up this question of his, Cain's punishment, yeah. Buster. So in uh, 4, 9 through 16, I'll just highlight a couple of verses mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. Verse 9, then the Lord said to Cain, where is your, uh, where is your, where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am mm-hmm. I my brother's keeper? So we see there a lie, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and God told him, I know what you've done. Yeah. The blood, uh, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Wow. And he curses him. He says, you Mercy. shall receive your brother's blood on your hand. Mm-hmm. And we till the ground no longer will it yield its strength. So in other mm-hmm. words, that gift that you have that you're so proud of, yeah. you won't be good at it anymore. It's going to be a lot harder mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. And a fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. And Cain said, my Lord, I said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. But then he goes on and he acknowledges. He's like, what's going to happen, though? They're going to kill me. He tells him, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a mark and that uh, lest anyone finding you should kill you. And so mm. we, we see that this happens. And, and so there's a lot of things happening here. Uh, it's, it asks this question. It says, what, 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 what's the connection here on him becoming a, vag- a vagabond and a fugitive? Mm. And I said, this is a consequence. Mm-hmm. This is a natural consequence, right? Uh, but not only that, we see in 4.14, uh, this is a very significant verse. It says here, I, I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond. And it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so... When he asked this question, what does it mean I shall be hidden from your first, from your face? There's a connection that is lost. Wow. And he's he's mourning that. Yeah. Same thing that his parents felt. Yeah. Uh, you know, where were you at? They used to walk with him in the cool yeah. of the in the in the yeah. cool of the day, right? That relational aspect. Yes, that yeah. relational aspect. And he's saying, mm. God, not only is my brother gone, mm-hmm. that that connection is gone, but now you're hidden from me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know where you are. I, I want this mm. connection that we had before. When mm-hmm. I mess up, I want you to speak to me, and it's not going to be that way anymore. But even in the midst of this, in the midst of the consequences, we see also see here a mark that's placed on Cain, and I call it a mark of grace. Mm. He didn't deserve it. He deserved death, right? right? The wages of sin is death. The gift mm. of God is eternal life. But God places this mark on him to say, leave him alone. Allow him to live with this consequence. In other words, he didn't take away the consequence and say, "Oh, don't worry about it. It's okay. Uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll just pretend like this never happened." It's not cheap grace. This came at a cost, and the cost was the blood of his brother. Wow! But it also came with forgiveness, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so, moving forward, uh, I, I want us to remember that as well, right? Yeah. Whenever we go through sure. our consequences, God's grace is still there. Yeah. And the very fact that we're still breathing the breath of life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. means that. He has not given up on us. Yeah. And so let's not give up on him either. Yeah. Um, and so Michael brings us home with the wickedness of man, Thursday's lesson. Yeah. So let, let's 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 keep it real here, right? Okay. So we've got this uh, war going on in Ukraine. Yeah. And with Russia and everything, it's and it's 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 horrible. Um, when will war stop? <laughs> I wish I knew. I hope it stops soon. When Christ comes to the clouds of glory. And, you know, people come and kill, and then people kill back. Mm-hmm. And then people, in a fit of rage, will start killing citizens. You know, the, the, all the, all of this is all over the media, all these different things back and forth. When will it stop? 
People killing other people. And this is the point here, I think, is Cain, here he gets away. His great-great-great-grandson Lamech um, does a crime of passion, commits murder, wants to be avenged 77 times. Hmm. So this kind of sets a trajectory, right? And it's never enough. No. And, uh, you know, my last name is Campbell, right? Mm-hmm. I remember being in Scotland traveling one time. I think I've, I may have told you the story, but uh, I sat down on the bus and this lady asked my name and she wanted to know my surname. I told her Campbell and she got up and got to the farthest part of the bus that she could. Turns out she was a McDonald. Oh. The Campbells and the McDonald's. Didn't matter that my great grandfather or whatever was adopted. So I don't have a drop of Scottish Campbell blood in me. <laughs> but just the perception. Yeah. After hundreds of years, Buster, there's these rivalries because of a massacre many, many, many years ago. Yeah. Right? Strong feelings, evocative feelings of of passion. And um and this is what it's talking about. The wickedness, sin begets sin, evil begets evil, murder begets only more murder. Mm-hmm. It's evil. It's evil. There are no winners in war to kind of talk about what's happening right now, right? There's no winners. Yeah. Whatever end the outcome is, there's going to be a profound sense of loss. And mourning. And mourning, yeah. yeah. People on both sides who have died. And, uh, you know, I, I just don't see any, any good from that. And this is the tragedy of it. But in the midst of acknowledging the evilness and wickedness of humanity that only begets and intensifies over time is a reminder of the hope of renewal, the mm. promise. And uh, we're coming back to Genesis 3.15, the Hebrew ashit, which means I will put which is this promise of this seed that will be eventually in the line of, of Seth, uh, the Sethite line, and that we will have a promise of a redeemer ultimately. And so uh, at this point, it's unclear what that will look like in the future based on the early beginnings, but there is a promise. There's a seed, a, a, a gem, or, or just a little little bit of hope that's there there we go and that each of us needs you can um, hold on to it right that we can hold on to and it's only through the grace of god what you were talking about before buster it's only by god's grace that any of us will be saved amen and ultimately uh the only end or stopping to evil is is god's grace you know you think about it not only i mean it's a really extreme example with evil <laughs> but there's so many different kinds of things you know it could be uh, different kinds of abuse and not right. I'm not just talking about like sexual abuse, but emotional abuse and all these other kinds of things. Yeah. It tends to people that are abused tend to become abusers and do the right. same thing. It's a self-perpetuating cycle, it seems. Right. Mm-hmm. And and so and again, we're not trying to do any clinical psychological advice here. We're just saying that there's a seems to be a basic phenomenon of human nature. that abuse begets abuse. Sin begets sin. Murder begets murder. Um, and the one thing, the antidote that can uh, stop and put, put, put an end to this right? cycle of, of wickedness is the grace of God, the gospel. Amen. And we need it. We yeah. just need it, Buster. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that you started there. We, we, we began last week with mm-hmm. 
the choice, and we we end this week with the yeah. choice, right? Yeah. Because in all these things, we can always choose the way of Christ, mm. which is a higher road, and it's not it out is. of my own works, but it's the work of Christ yeah. that actually saved us, and we're just we're just trying to live up to His love. And you know, it's amazing. There's a story. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it. The governor of Idaho that was uh, murdered some some years ago. Uh, and it's, it's really, uh, quite an amazing story. Um, I'm just trying to, uh, yeah, Frank, uh, Stunenberg. Uh, and I don't know if you've heard the story, but Harry Orchard, uh, was this kind of hitman that comes and actually takes him out and it will be the wife of the murdered governor. And this happens in, I think it's 19, 1905. So, you know, it's been over a century ago. Okay. Um, and she actually will go and visit the man who murdered her husband in prison and befriends him, gives him Bible studies. He actually will convert and become a Seventh-day Adventist. Wow. Isn't that crazy? It's a true story. Um, I learned about it uh, fairly recently. There's even a book about Harry Orchard's life. And a lot of church and school libraries will have it in their in their libraries, published, I think, by Pacific Press years ago. But um, it's only the grace of God. Talk about interrupting that cycle, right? Right. Because naturally, what do you do? Someone murders your husband? Yeah. Take him out. Well, yeah. Death, uh, yeah. No, you like, know, yeah, electric like, chair. Please, yeah, I want to attend and see Sizzle. vengeance, right? Yeah, vengeance. Yeah. Uh, and that's the miracle of the gospel, that you could take someone who's done such evil and wickedness to someone else and turn around and say, you know, I forgive you. So and another good example, we're having um, this coming Friday night is Listen. Palau. Yeah, Listen. right? Isn't that another some... example yep. of this? Um, and and I, the the um, if you haven't checked it out, it's, it's going to be coming soon, but there's a premiere here in Keene. I think there's a premiere at Andrews coming mm-hmm. up. Uh, if any of our listeners are in any of those kind of areas, check it out. Amazing story of a missionary family, um, Melissa DePaiva Gibson, her family and how she was able to forgive them. You know, Michael, as, yeah. as you're sharing that, um, yeah. how would uh, a lot of times I say the choice needs to be made, Yeah, but God has chosen to use us mm. to deliver that option of a choice to people yeah. through our lives, but also through our words. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when times where there should be vengeance yeah. to actually offer to people, will you choose the way of Christ? And they say, I don't know of this way. What are you talking yeah. about? That's when, and listen here, that's why the Seventh-day Adventist Church grows by 90% yeah. because of friendship evangelism. I love it. Because we are the ones delivering mm-hmm. this option, this choice mm-hmm. for a better way, for a better life mm-hmm. of unity, of communion, of mm-hmm. common unity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I I thank the Lord for it. And uh, Agents of hope and grace. There we are. And by the way, I think that contributes to healthy churches. Isn't that kind of what yes, you're into, Buster, does. right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> more coming out on that. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll have to get some, uh, get some more of that in, in future episodes. As well. Yes, sir. I think we put a wrap for another week. So uh, this is Soup. And Swoops. Signing, signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe.
To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.